I'm Peter Bethlin. What's up? You're listening to Teacher's Lounge from WNIJ. If you've never listened to us before, it's a pretty simple concept. Every educator that we have on, that we interview on this show, is someone nominated by the listeners. The people that listen to this show, they send them in to teacherslounge at niu.edu. So if anybody comes to your mind, if you have someone, a teacher, a professor, a coach that inspired you or helped make you the person that you are today, let us know. Tell us about them and they could be featured on the very next episode of the show. Who knows? Today, we have an entire family of teachers. The Geikies, Carl, his wife Stacy, and his sister Rachel, they are all teachers at different schools, at different grade levels, so we really get a look behind the curtain of just about every level of education here. We talked about how the idea of in-person school quote-unquote normalcy really isn't that normal at all, and about coming from a family of educators. Carl even taught Rachel's Spanish class in high school. My principal was observing me and she's like looking at me and then she's looking around the room and like, do you remember this day? And yes. and and she's like, that's your sister. She's like pointing at Rachel, like, that's your sister. And then she's kind of scanned her and she's like, that's your brother and your sister are in the class with you. And I'm like, yeah, every day for 84 minutes. And they, well, I, I, it was it was pretty good, I don't know. And maybe it was awkward for you guys, but I was only like 23. They had other siblings and cousins in there too. Just wild stuff. It's a really great conversation. We had a lot of fun here, so make sure you stay tuned. We're coming with that very soon. No other big feature stories this week, but there's been some really huge news recently. The Illinois State Board of Education reduced school social distancing rules from six feet to three feet for fully vaccinated staff. And that opens up the door in a really big way for schools, some like DeKalb, who've already announced it, to come back five days a week, every day of the week in person. So, okay, now that you're caught up on that, let's just get into the conversation. Let's dive right in with the Geikies. Carl, Stacy, and Rachel joins us just about a minute into the Zoom chat. Enjoy. Teams, meets, Zoom. Zoom is the only one that seems to have become a verb, though. Hey, you want to Zoom right. later? Yeah. I mean, Teams, do you want a Teams later? That just, that seems yep. weird to say. <laughs> I'm going to get, let's meets. No. Let's meets. Yeah. <laughs> let's Zoom it. Let's do a Zoom. Let's Zoom. Yeah, let's I mean, zoom. that has to be the ultimate point to reach if you're Zoom, right? It's like Google. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, once you're, Ubiquitous. you just, you're ubiquitous for the thing that you're doing. You've won. It's like Kleenex. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Band-Aid. Yeah. I, re- I remember listening to NPR and I think Zoom was advertising pre-pandemic with people. Well, not advertising, but you know what I mean? Like on, right. on yeah. was, and I was like, yeah, underwriting. And I was like, Zoom, this sounds like the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> and I was like, little did I know it was going to become my life. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know about you guys, especially since we're about to bring in another uh, member of your family right now. But my family has been trying to keep up. Like when the pandemic started, they're like, we should do like a weekly Zoom call. Oh, yeah. And it was like, we're going to do this every Thursday at seven. And oh. then it became like, we're going to try to do this every week. And now it's just like, what do you want me to say? Nothing's changed. I have no news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did Sunday at like 11. But it got annoying. I was like, we don't get together with our family this many times normally. Yeah. Why are we seeing them so much? Yeah, it's like, like kind of it's aspirational, though, right? Like, yeah. 
that we, we would like to hang out with our family that much. That's, yeah. That sounds yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. What's your total? It would be like every Sunday. What are you guys doing? Well, we're eating breakfast. What are you gonna do today? I have no idea. Finish this bottle of champagne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like, good news this week. Uh, I haven't been cooking more, but I've been watching more YouTube videos about cooking. So yeah. that's, that's, my, that's my new thing for this week. <laughs> hey, Rachel, can you hear us? Yeah, I can. Can you hear me? Okay, oh, perfect. Rachel, yes. you got dressed nice. You look very prepared. professional. Like we're all, <laughs> I think everyone else is wearing a hoodie. I feel bad now because I'm like <laughs> supposed to be the professional journalist here. <laughs> Up your game. <laughs> we're, oh, I, I am good. over 11 months into working from home. I, I am not trying to curate any space behind me. There's no <laughs> Zoom background. You guys get white walls. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. <laughs> No, I just hey, if you're wearing, yeah, if you're wearing pants, you're. I was good. gonna say if you're wearing pants with the waistband, you're good. I'm not. <laughs> khakis, khakis at that. These are business casual pants. <laughs> it's Friday. I didn't even wear. I wore running pants to school today. <laughs> Joggers. Joggers. Anyway, okay. that's kind of that's a business casual shortcut. <laughs> it was business real casual. <laughs> Are all of you guys like at least somewhat teaching in person now? Are you in that blended? I'm hybrid. Okay. Yeah. I'm five days a week now. We just started going back five days a week about three weeks ago. Hmm. And I've been in person since the beginning of the year. Yeah. Oh, really? So you guys are like all on different timelines for all this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Rachel, for you, since it's like been a little bit now that you've been, does it feel five, 50% normal, 75% normal? (laughs) Where where are you at with that? (laughs) Um, I don't think it feels, I mean, I feel like we're supposed to feel like it's normal. Yeah. I think that's the expectation that um, parents, parents and administrators have that it should look like a normal year, but it's very much not a normal year. Um, and I feel that, my co- colleagues feel that, and um, I know the students feel that as, as well, but we all seem to be coping pretty well with it, I'd say. Yeah, like the idea of like COVID normal is, it's like, it makes sense that, you know, almost a year into this, that everyone is kind of used to whatever protocols and safety procedures. But on the other hand, you're like, it's really odd that we're like totally cool with this super strange situation. Right. That's just yeah. how it is. I, well, we, I, I feel like we've started the year like maybe four times this year because we started remote at elementary specifically. We started remote went hybrid in October, the week before Thanksgiving, had to go remote again, then came back hybrid after Christmas break for two weeks, and then went full in person five days a week uh, in the middle of January. So we've pretty much started the school year four times already. Is it like every time it feels like the first day of school, or are you just caught in a Groundhog Day loop now? (laughs) It's, It's definitely Groundhog Day. It's yeah, it's 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 wild. I walked into class today with a face mask on, not a face mask, like a shield, like plastic plexiglass thing. You know, they gave us at the beginning uh, and I have a mask on underneath it and no one even batted an eye that I was wearing a plexiglass shield over my face. And they're like, I said, is anyone going to ask why I'm wearing a plexiglass shield on my face? And they're like, no, I mean, it, it, and we're supposed to in that environment, like feel safe, right? Like, you, you're supposed to feel like this is normal. This is okay. 
Yeah, I mean, like, if for any of you guys, if you were in school next Monday and someone just walked down the hall in, like, a full hazmat suit, I feel like most people would just be like, oh, yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much par for the course. Yeah, the, the janitor, uh, custodian walks around with, uh, like, this fog machine thing, like, blasting the doorknobs and stuff. and Like, like an Aerosmith concert? A fog I machine? Don't, it looks like, it looks like a... More like, like a, a Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like oh. Back on his back, and then he's, like, spraying stuff, and, like, Oh, yeah, that's yeah, normal. I feel like for, at least for me, for like my own mental health, every day I have to like look at someone and be like, this is not normal. <laughs> this yeah. is really weird. Because it, 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 I, I think it's a weird thing to get caught into. We're like, of course you have to live your life so you have to deal with whatever restrictions are in place. But I feel like it's, it's definitely not a good idea just to be like, this is how I live my life now forever. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really crazy in the classroom. Like at, at the high school, we have like everybody's six feet apart. And because we're hybrid, we're split. We have an A day and a Z day. Yeah. Uh, and I'll have four kids in a class, just four. And then the next day, every desk is filled in the same hour because of how the alphabet worked out. So it's like this constant reminder that nothing is normal. And then, like, when you try to teach, like, it's a constant reminder that you can't do the things that you know you're supposed to do and that you want to do and that the kids want to do because they're all six feet apart, sitting straight forward in rows with masks on and uh, a computer out in front of them. It's, it, it's heartbreaking. I'm trying to think of, and, and I always think, like, in your mind, when things are back to normal, and I think everyone has different ideas of what that looks like. And for me, the way I try to frame it is like when I get to go to a White Sox game like that, <laughs> that, that is like kind of my benchmark for it. And I think that there's like several different ways to think about it, too. There's like, A, when am I going to be allowed to do that? And then B, when am I going to be able to do that and not even think twice about it? Right. Feel comfortable and, doing it. And it's the same thing for school, right? Like you guys are already at the point where you can have in-person school and, you, you know, we're, we're doing this. But at what point are we going to get to where you don't even, I guess, the masks come off literally and you don't even think twice about it? I have no idea what that timeline looks like, if ever. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to need J.B. Pritzker to get back on the back on the emergency two o'clock thing and say it's OK. I mean, in the same <laughs> dramatic way that I think and I think a lot of students are feeling that way. Um, in the same dramatic way that we started this, I think we're going to need some sort of definite, like definitive ending, right? Like this is now over, but I don't know that we're going to get that. Um, and I think it's going to, I think we're pushing the, the finish line out by reopening schools right now. I think, uh, I think we've had relatively low community spread down here in Bloomington normal, but I think we're about to see it. Um, I mean, class is already quarantining, right, Rach? There's I, there's only one whole class that I know that has had to quarantine, um, and I believe it was an early childhood class. Um, and if you can imagine, I'm sure that's like impossible to keep masks on children. Um, yeah. So the week for me, um, the the week before we went back full full time five days a week, I had one student that got COVID and then because of the contact tracing protocol and me say, and me being very vigilant of who was around that student, she took out seven other students just for contact tracing protocol. So my class of 12 went down to five basically 
um, for that time. But luckily then we went, I mean, luckily, but we went back full time and um, my class was split at that, at that week um, between me and another teacher. So that one kid took out seven other kids within one classroom. And luckily she, for me was, is a very proficient student. So I wasn't sitting next to her for 15 minutes or more, but I have a couple of kids that are need a lot of support. And if they were to get COVID, I would be out. I mean, do you guys think at this point that at whatever level of in-person you guys are at now, is it going to stay that way through the end of the school year? Or do you assume that it's just going to be even more stop, start, stop, start? I don't assume anything anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, that's my bad. Because I've been yo-yoed around so much this year that it's like, if people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, whatever. I mean, it, whatever happens, happens. And we'll adapt to that. I mean, at least the kids already know how to do remote and hybrid. So if we have to go back, it'll be less of a transition. It's Carl, so you are emphatically shaking your head. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, they're already talking about like what to do, like how comfortable you feel when all of your students are back in your classroom. They're telling us four days a week, though. So, uh, so we'll still have. So the difference in in our in what's going on here, Stacy's building has been open since the beginning, um, but she's in a real small rural community outside right. of town, and uh, it's you know uh, we're in Unit Five and. Blooming to normal, I've got like 120 kids that'll be going through my classroom um, when this starts up again, and I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna get shut down so quickly. I mean, we started sports again, and we already have whole teams quarantining um, it, it, after after oh, a couple weeks, and I just can't see how. Um, I can't. I, I'm sure they're gonna put us back. They're gonna shove us back in. I have a feeling it's gonna be after spring break, but I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a dereliction of uh, public duty that, that that an elected board would put people at risk like that, and I think it's I think it's ridiculous. I think it's weird that you know we've had school districts up here that just went back in a hybrid format, like maybe three weeks ago, and so they had been remote the entire year. I don't think that they really jumped back at all in the fall, and I was thinking like, at what point do we get? where you're this far in the school year and you're like, why even try to go back in person a little bit? Why not just ride out the rest of the year as is? And, you know, it makes me think of, I think there was, there was a stat out in November that I want to get all of your guys take on that I think was an IEA stat that was about, I think 35% of Illinois teachers were saying that they were considering leaving the profession because of the, burnouts and everything associated with this school year does that number feel about right for you guys yeah i, think I don't know i mean where what is the rate normally <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that's fair that's, that's fair yeah. i mean i is think teachers down? have really <laughs> taken it yeah i think teachers have taken a beating the last couple of years uh so i don't i don't know that that's gone up much because of covid i mean i'm sure it has because people are feeling the stress of it but I mean, personally, I don't know anybody leaving the profession because of COVID. Yeah, I think I, we've, I don't know. It's. I know that there have been people who have been close to the end of their career and have, yes, and have, because of all of this, decided, you know what, I have two years left. It's not worth it. I'm going to retire early. Um, I've heard of that happening more than I have people getting burnt out because of COVID. I've, I've had more conversations this year with, um, 
colleagues saying that they have actively looked for other jobs um, because they not not actively looked in the way that they're going to apply, but they have been they felt so burnt out that they are looking into other jobs because they just feel like Stacy said beat down. Um, it's well, it's exhausting. Like, I, I don't know why being on a call is so exhausting, but like, it, it, it really is. And it's, it's hard for the kids. The kids are like, man, they are tired. Well, and I think some, some of that goes back to not knowing from day to day. I mean, mm-hmm. the ideal is for everyone to be in person, but what I don't think everyone understands is even if you're in person, there is the risk that you're going to find out that night or the next day that you were a close contact and you're out for two weeks. So it's like, there's always this sense of not really knowing what's going to happen Mm -hmm. from day to day. I mean, you ideally are thinking you're going to be at school the next day, but who knows? I wake up and every day I have to go into work. I'm surprised that I'm actually going in. (laughs) Like it feels like, well, cause you know, like you hear, you hear the executive order, you know, like work from home if you can. Right. I can work from home. I've been working from home since basically August. Students are learning things. Like, why are we trying to to shove this like normalcy down their throat that is not normal? Like no one walks into a school and sees kids wearing masks and and says, oh yeah, this looks like, this looks normal. This looks happy. This looks fun. And, and sitting in desks, like socially distanced as much as we can and facing forward, it's like all the joy has been sucked right out of it. And if you're at, like for us, the high school or hybrid, I've got to have my computer screen on so I can teach the kids that are never going to come in the building and I can teach the kids that aren't there that day. So I can't even really walk around the room because I have a laptop that I have to stay close to the, the microphone for, and I have to stay close to the camera for. So I'm, I, I never sit when I teach. I'm always walking around. So like I'm tethered to a, a monitor, even when I'm in person and I keep having to go, okay, how are you guys doing? Oh, what, what about you? Well, it, it, it must look like I'm some sort of weird, you know, remember those water birds that like just dip their <laughs> I, I feel like this is what I'm constantly doing because I'm trying to respond to the needs of the 20, I mean, of 20 kids online and four kids in class. And I'm, and I'm teaching using slides on an overhead board that no one can see. They're just looking at their projectors unless you're the four kids in the room and no one will unmute their mics and no one wants to unmute their cameras. And I'm not going to force any kid to do that because who knows what their life is like at home. They come to school and they get to get away from that. They don't need to bring that for everyone to see. It's, uh, it's inhumane. Yeah. And Stacy, you guys have been in person for the whole fall. Has it felt, I mean, just, I guess, baseline on a day-to-day basis for you guys, does it feel safe to be in the building? I would say my district has done a really good job with their cleaning. Like I've always felt like, you know, we have materials provided for us. We have hand sanitizer. We have wipes. Our custodian is constantly in our room. He's constantly walk, you know, wiping off surfaces. Um, I have not felt unsafe at all. I think, but like I was saying earlier, the close contact thing is what I can't prevent. 
or I can't predict what my kids are exposed to when they're home. And then they bring that in. So that's where that unknown, that's where I have a little bit of the uncertainty because it's just like they're home for two days over the weekend and they come back and you hear some of the things they're doing and you're like, okay, well, I was home all weekend, seeing no one doing nothing. And there are some people living their best life and then (laughs) I'm exposed to that. So it's a little unnerving. I have not felt unsafe by what my school is doing and procedures, but there is some just, you know, not knowing how serious other people are taking this and knowing that I'm being exposed to possibly that too. Well, don't you have a, and you have a air, an air filtration system in your room. Like you have a heating and cooling system in your room. We have H, HVAC? Yeah. So you, she's got an HVAC in her room circulating air. I work in a building where 80% of the air is not recirculated or is recirculated. Um, I have one of my classrooms is has no exterior windows. So like when I'm in there, I'm sucking in the air that everybody else is putting out and we don't have the filtration system to keep viruses out of the air. We're not filtering the viruses out. So anybody really in the school can be spreading this virus to anybody. And uh, it just seems to me like what if if two thirds of my students are at home three fifths of the time, why aren't we just all it's not ideal, but what I'm doing isn't ideal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the situation isn't ideal. Look around, right? Right. And if it, if it, keeps, if it keeps kids, and this has been my worry from the beginning, is that we're at this intersection. Stacy teaches kindergarten in person, and I teach high school. If one of us gets it, the other one of us is going to get it, and then it's going to be in our classrooms. And the, the scary thing is, you know, that you're, you're, you're transmitting when you're asymptomatic. You know, not by anybody hoping you're being irresponsible but it you know and and once it gets to that it's going to go to the families and like now we're vaccinated so that feels great and rachel is too actually my whole family we all got we all ended up getting the vaccine rachel me stacy my mom and dad got the vaccine on the same day both times um so that was cool but you know my risk has always been that we're at this this ability to spread you know, and we've sacrificed pretty hard to keep our kids home um, so that they're not then taking it to a third school. I mean, and, and for what, like this watered down instruction. I mean, that's what, it's not that their kids are learning less, but we can't do the things we should be doing to help kids the most. And that's what, you know, I, my kids can't turn and talk. I teach Spanish and they can't have a conversation because they're six feet apart wearing masks. They can't, they have to shout at each other to be heard. So you guys are all vaccinated now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you walk me through? I'm living vicariously through everyone that I know that has gotten the vaccine <laughs> in some form or another. Was it a first shot? How cathartic is that experience, especially with the worry that you mentioned is kind of overhead all the time? I was nervous. I was happy. Yeah, the the profound sense of relief, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it it sounds like it's it's not a hundred percent. I mean, obviously, it it was never going to be a hundred percent of relief, but it's interesting to see. Like, does it feel like was the sense of relief that you got from getting it more or less than what you had expected going in? I think more. You think more? I think so too, but I think there were still some unknowns. Like we got our first shot and we're like, wow, can we go out to eat now? Like, Mm -hmm. will we feel comfortable enough to go out to eat? And then, like I said to Carl, okay, so we can't get COVID. 
but that doesn't mean we can't give someone else COVID. So we're like, so it's still not a hundred percent like, and we still have kids and our kids aren't vaccinated. So it was like, there is definitely a sense of relief knowing that we will not get COVID, but there's still some of that uh, being responsible for others yeah. and knowing that it's not 100% that we will, we could still carry it and give it to someone. So, and, and for me, it's um, because I'm the only one in my family that in my, I mean, like my little group that has had it, my daughter's too young to get it. She's two. And then my husband is working from home in our basement and um, he can't get it because he's not outside the house, but he also has hypertension and asthma. So he's at high risk though. I feel good and that I have it, but I know that it, like Stacy said, if I were to get it, I wouldn't be as sick, but I could still definitely give it to him who is at risk of having more difficulties. And that's been my worry. One of my biggest worries this whole entire time is if I'm exposed, he's exposed. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, of course. And you know, I've been fascinated here, and I think I've talked about this a couple times on the show, about one of the main reasons that you hear people, and not just parents, but yeah, you know, I've heard administrators make the same uh, claim for trying to get back in person more, is this idea of learning loss. And that's every time I have a conversation with the teacher, that's exactly what I hear, because they're like, there's always a range of different, you know, how well someone is doing in a given class. And it's always been our job to try to work within that and help out everyone where they're at. So that really hasn't changed at all. No, it not the idea that, that children aren't learning because, um, because of the pandemic is (laughs) flat out garbage. I mean, it, it, look there, the kids learn whether or not they're in school, right? kids are constantly learning they might be learning different things than um what we're what we normally teach them but they're still learning and and here's the here's why i tell my kids all the time at school you're learning and if someone tells you uh if some i like to quote donald trump every now and then some loser or hater tells you you're not tell them to be quiet because my kids can like digitally do group projects together they know how to run a group meeting like virtually like bosses and then can put together a PowerPoint in that and present it to a class. I, that's not a skill that they had prior to this. And, and if people don't think that kids are learning, it's because they're asking the wrong questions or they're using standards from pre-pandemic, right? We can't teach the same way. Kids can't learn the same way. They are learning different things. And so people just need to be quiet about that learning loss. Just because there's alliteration does not mean that it's true. It's sounds great in the headline though. <laughs> yeah, sure does. Yeah. No, and it's because the same thing they'll say, right, is well, e-learning, remote learning isn't working for everyone. Well, I mean, obviously not. Like this whole situation isn't working for everyone. Right. When we've had, so in my district, parents were given an option of um, doing it online. Like if they wanted their students not to be back in person, they had an online option. And we've had parents who have approached the superintendent and have asked, once we are back, you know, 100% in person, will this still be an option? Because my student is thriving on this. They did not do well in person. Yeah. 
but they're doing fantastic being able to work at their own pace online. Like they can take schedule, they can take breaks whenever they want to. It's totally flexible and it works for them. So I think what we have to learn is that, I mean, we already know this, everybody learns differently. So even saying that being back 100% isn't going to meet all student needs. Right. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I had this conversation with, with my boss, given that I'm whatever, 11 and a half months into working from home, where I was like, there's no way in hell that we go back to an all day in person, five days a week, let's go to the office work day. That's just, for better or for worse, we're in a hybrid world now. This is just how it's going to be. And it, you know, it's not going to look exactly like it is now, but there's no chance that it goes back exactly the way it was. It's To me, what's really sad is that no one is, um, it, not enough people are diving into what's actually working well, right? Like we talk all the time over and over again about like, uh, you know, what, what are things going to look like when we go back? You know, how will this, and what, you know, what, 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 what can we do to make, to get back sooner? And no one's saying like, Hey, what's going well in remote? Like, like you said, for better or for worse, we are, we are going to have some form of remote stuff for the rest of time. And, uh, and I think we need to be focusing on like, what are the best practices when, when you're teaching remotely, like, what are the things that are valuable about it and what, how can we capitalize it and reimagine the public schools so that they can better meet the needs of every child. Right. That's the question I've been asking educators too, is like exactly what you mentioned, which is that education is something that, you know, typically things change takes a long time to happen. And something like this is, you know, makes it easier for maybe some kind of big shift to happen. And it's like, okay, what are the silver linings? What are the things that we're like, okay, well, this is actually working really well. We should keep doing this after it's over, which I've said right. a thousand <laughs> times. Right. Yeah. I mean, there, there are really good things happening. And uh, instead of instead of focusing on those and trying to uh, exploit's not the right word, but you know, like try to build on those capitalize. capitalize. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Capitalism. Um, instead of instead of that, we're like, we're just mourning the, the loss and, and trying to recreate things in places where they're not supposed to be like, that's the thing I am over. I'm over pretending like, like we can recreate stuff. You know, like, just let it be different. Just let it be, let it be new. Let it be different and let it go. I mean, I don't know. So we've kind of touched on this, but you guys are all at different grade levels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I'm high school. So high school and then Stacy, you are elementary. Kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten. And then Rachel, you are. Fifth grade bilingual. So you guys got the whole gamut. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious during the pandemic, and I know that we, we talked a little bit before I started recording about you know, like the whole, my family at the beginning of the pandemic, especially Rachel was trying to do like the family Zoom call weekly, like every, every Friday at six, yeah. we're going to meet up and pretend like something has changed week to week. <laughs> and <laughs> I was curious for you guys, do you feel like more this last year, since you have an entire family of teachers, you guys have been, you know, leaning on each other for advice, uh, tools of the trade type stuff? Mm. Um, well, I don't know that we've been like trading tools necessarily, but Carl did pop in on my fifth 
um, link when we were both remote. And since we, since, so Carl, so Carl taught me Spanish in high school. He's nine years old. So he was my Spanish teacher all of high school. No kidding. Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, <laughs> everything that I learned Spanish is all on him. So if it's terrible, it's his fault. Um, you did go to college. Yeah, you I say, are you college. not a bilingual teacher? <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so he popped in on my on my class one day, and it was so fun because the kids got to. It was a new person on our on our yeah. Google link and he was also talking to them in Spanish and you know male elementary teachers are few and far between so just having a a male in my fifth grade class was great um and he was telling them about some things that his students have been doing in class I think you had gone to um the Mexican bakery that had just opened oh yeah and you to the kids and they're like oh yeah I've gone there that was great so yeah. it was fun to do that but I, we haven't talked necessarily about um, what each of us is doing in our classroom to support no. students. I was no. gonna say, when you guys get together, is it like I don't want to talk about work anymore, or uh, it's usually the exact opposite, yeah, usually, or is it just like airing of grievances? <laughs> <laughs> well, and our mom was a teacher too. She taught special ed for thirty-seven years, and so like when all of us get together, it's like I think my da- my dad and uh, Rachel's husband are kind of like. Will they just shut up about teaching? <laughs> probably and, Ben and Monica too. Yeah, probably Ben and Monica. Yeah, and and all three of us are pretty involved in our local unions, and so so then we start talking union stuff, and it, I don't know. By the end of it, I think everyone's just tired of us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we can't move on without expanding more on the whole Carl teaching Rachel in high school. <laughs> I, I have to hear more about this. What was it like for Rachel? You touched on it, but Carl, <laughs> tell me about this. <laughs> Well, wait, so, he didn't just have now. Rachel. Yeah, there was one semester when uh, my our brother Ben was in the oh. same classroom. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure, that, you know, it was it was like, you know, 20 years ago. And um, cousins. And cousins. And... I always had a cousin. Oh, yeah, um, really? Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's a small school. And uh, but it was great. It was it's a great place to work. But it was really wild. Like, um, I was getting observed. And I think this happened. I, I think it did. I you know, but like 20 years ago, I don't really remember, but my principal was observing me and she's like looking at me and then she's looking around the room and like, do you remember this day? And, yes. and, and she's like, that's your sister. she's like pointing at Rachel, like that's your sister. And then she's kind of scanned her and she's like, your, your brother and your sister are in the class with you. And I'm like, yeah, every day for 84 minutes. And they want, I, I, it was, it was pretty good. I don't know. And maybe it was awkward for you guys, but I was only like 23. <laughs> Rachel, was it the worst? No, it was fine. Um, I always had people asking me, so are you getting better grades because he's your brother? And I was like, no, that's definitely not it. I'm probably getting graded harder because I'm oh, his yeah. sister. And yeah. it, the, most, the, the, the most awkward part was that when Ben and Carl were both in the classroom, um, because <laughs> all three together, you know, there is a certain dynamic that happens, especially when two of you are in high school and, you know, your brother is, is your teacher. So that was an interesting semester of the whole time because Ben and I were both in Spanish too. He was a senior and I was a sophomore. Yeah. Okay. So it was just, it, it was fun. It, yeah, it was, it was fun. Yeah. And I, I love, I love bringing it up and saying, you know, if, 
if I'm bad at Spanish, it's because of Carl. But I, but I did go on to college and study bilingual education. <laughs> I say, did you get an A? Did you get an A in that class? Which one? Bilingual education? Oh, wait, with Carl. Or, with Carl? Oh yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, they they probably both got A's because they were like, they Ben and Rachel are hard workers. I set the bar extremely low for them, so they <laughs> they had an easy time impressing my mom and dad. <laughs> Carl and Rachel, you guys growing up just in a household of teachers, is it something that you just always figured like you knew right away this is the path you wanted to go down or did it wear you down eventually it got there? I didn't go first, Carl. You're older. Okay. Oh, thanks. Age before beauty, huh? Uh, so, uh, so no, I didn't think I wanted to be a teacher um, when I went to college, but then like uh, one of my friends said, hey, I'm going to be a math teacher. I'm like, oh, I could be a teacher too. And, uh, and so then I became a teacher and, uh, you also got some grants, which helped. I got, yeah, I got a, yeah, I got a, <laughs> it's not nothing. It was, it was yeah. back when, uh, it was back in the Clinton era. Oh my goodness. No, Bush. No, right. Bush took my grant away. Oh um, yeah, that's right. I haven't forgiven him yet. Um, <laughs> and there was a, there was a bilingual education grant. And so I got, I got part of my tuition paid for at Western, um, because I was bi- a bilingual educator and, uh, and so then just kind of went from there. I don't know. It was a good, it's a good job. Teaching is a really, really good job. Um, it's a fun job and it's rewarding. Um, plus I, I couldn't imagine a year without like the rhythm of school, the start and the stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I love it. Well, and I always, she I was always inspired by, huh? She was inspired by a really handsome Spanish teacher. Okay. Well, teacher. my, my, <laughs> My, my uh, travel to education was, you know, I always spent time with my mom in the summer putting together a classroom and, and taking things down at the end of the year. Um, and yeah, I know I was much more involved going into the classroom. Did any of that. And I, I, for some reason, like whenever my mom had, like whenever we had like a teacher institute and my mom didn't, I would actually go into school with her um, and have school and be in Taylor Park um, with her um and attend class like go into a third grade class and just be in there with them for the for the day and that was a good experience um but then yeah when I went to when I went to college I had gone through elementary ed at at Highland for my um associates and then went down to ISU and Carl was there getting his master's degree in <laughs> Spanish. And so we were both- just can't outrun it. You just can't outrun him. I don't, I, I can't get away from him. Um, Why and, would you want to? Well, no, it, it gets weirder because, um, because, because then I was in um, all the Spanish classes and getting my Spanish degree as well as bilingual education. Um, and Carl would help me with my papers and correct them because, you know, you always just need someone to have a second set of eyes on there. Um, so he actually was the the same that, that, that inspired me to go into bilingual education because I was always thought of myself as a kindergarten teacher and Carl, and I went and observed in his classroom while he was at Cedar Ridge for a couple of years. Um, and, and I, you know, wanted to do bilingual education after being in, in his classroom. So that's, that's, nice. my, that's how my kind of journey switched to bilingual specifically. Um, but then I actually took his job when he at Cedar Ridge, like my, my school. I'm not even kidding. It's so bizarre. Because <laughs> when he decided to move to the junior high and high school again, 
I had just graduated and like took his job after interviewing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I, it wasn't like a trial by combat situation. No, no, it, wasn't. <laughs> it, was, it was like trading a geiki for a geiki. Yeah. <laughs> we, really, we look really similar. So it was just kind of like, oh, okay. kind of like Carl. Well, and then, and it's even weirder because you were PBIS coach. She, like even at PBIS coach that that was, I was PBIS coach. And oh, well, I dropped that like a hot potato. And then, and Rachel's got involved in union work now. So um, it's, yeah, we're cut from the same cloth. I'm sure your mom's thrilled. Maybe. No. Nope. <laughs> I mean, she yeah, did. She nominated us to, to that talk is true. Yeah, that is to true. do this. Very proud of us. Stacy, do you also come from a family of educators? Uh, my mom was a business ed teacher at Highland Community College, and my sister is currently a teacher as well. So there you yeah. go. It's a family yeah. affair. It is a family business. I would say both my, my mom and my stepmom, both teachers, and I'm an education reporter, so I feel like that's like close enough. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> within the stratosphere of, of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, really quick, guys, we only have like three minutes left. And so I guess we'll leave you with this before we cut out, which is, can we go around the group and go through, is there just a story of something that's going on in education right now or things that you're seeing in your classroom that you're like, more people should be talking about this? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think, do you have something? I was just going to say, uh, I think um, we said earlier about kids wearing masks. I really think this has taught me that kids can be flexible and resilient yeah. um, and they can really roll with the punches. And, you know, they they will do whatever we ask them to do. And, you know, they, they don't care. You know, they want to be at school. They want to be with their friends and and they are much more willing to to do what we ask of them than we give them credit for. Yeah, I would say the the level of trust uh, that that families place in public education has I, I've seen it at much deeper level. Um, I I have never been invited into uh, homes, and I've never invited uh, my students into my home, uh, and so the the children that I have this year I will never forget uh, because of that. They have been they have seen my children, they've met my children, uh, I've seen their pets. They've, uh, so many good dogs like that. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, they, they've shared things with me, uh, that I, I never imagined. And, uh, the, the level of commitment that I feel to them has only deepened. And, uh, and I'm so proud of them because despite all of this, they are still learning. I would, I would say those same things, but also I think people need to be talking a lot about, um, teachers taking self-care and that's, that's a big topic right now of, um, districts telling teachers to take self-care, but actually showing them that they need to be caring for themselves because we pour our whole selves into students all the time. And we're making those relationships despite uh, the, the difficult time that we're in. But I've also seen staff just be so stressed out that people also need to be talking about teachers' mental health and, and taking care of themselves and their family. Perfect. So I want to say I had a blast. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and take some yeah. of that self-care this weekend. All right. Thanks for listening. As always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on our show. It's how we get awesome guests like the whole Geeky family. 
send them our way to teacherslounge at niu.edu. And wherever you're hearing this, subscribe, leave us a rating, share us. Uh, whatever the options are helps out with the algorithm, helps us get more listeners and more cool teachers on the show. Big thanks to the Northern Illinois Band Kind Ofs for the music you hear every episode. I have been your host, Peter Mudlin, and we will be back with more Teachers Lounge very soon. See ya.